What is up, everyone? My name is Brandon First, aka First Report, representing the ESBC Podcast Network. It is August, it is Sunday, August 16th, 2020. It is time to talk Major League Baseball here on Sunday. That's what we dive into here at the ESBC Podcast Network. I am lucky to be joined um, by my co-host, Brianna Winter. How are you doing today as we step into the winner's circle? How are you doing today, Miss Brianna? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm I'm all right. You know, I think uh, we're both in the same boat in terms of how our teams um, are are doing at the moment. We're both, I think, the only teams that got swept this weekend. I guess Boston has a chance to do that probably tomorrow. But in terms of this weekend, we are the only teams that got swept. And that's it's very, very unfortunate. But um, at least for me, I'm used to it. I know um, Brianna didn't have huge hopes this year, maybe expected a little bit better, but what can you do? Baseball is at least back. Um, Dive into really what we've seen this week on the field and up until uh, about this morning, I believe, or until the game went final, the Cubs at the moment, or as of yesterday, had the best record uh, in Major League Baseball, obviously after losing three in a row to Milwaukee. That has changed, but with the Cubs off to such a good start, or or the start that they were on, there were a lot of people asking if the Cubs really were the best team in the league, and I know now we look at Milwaukee has taken over, but uh, or took the three, but the Cubs are still in good position. They're still in first place uh, in a competitive division. Um, Obviously, Brianna has a soft spot for the Cubs, um, so we, we recognize her bias, but what do you think? Do you think the Cubs are, let's just go, best team in the National League? Not by a long shot. <laughs> um, obviously, I think the Dodgers are one of the best teams in the National League. Obviously, they're first, like, they're leading the National League now after today's games. Um, but, like, Chris Bryant has been struggling. He's only batting 196, and there's only three other players that have worse batting averages than him. So, and then they got swept by the Brewers today. Like, obviously they were all close, but that shouldn't have happened. Like one bit. Like you yeah. beat the team earlier in, like you beat this team like opening weekend. What changed? Well, and, and another thing too for the Cubs, it seems for me, I thought, I thought teams with young managers were going to struggle this year. And for the most part, that somewhat happened. Obviously Dave Ross was the one who, who bucked the trend, maybe coming a bit uh, back to earth, uh, down to earth in terms of that. I, I think the Cubs um, are are in the top five in the National League. I think I could go there. Um, I would obviously the Dodgers are better. I think the Braves are better. Um, I could probably say the Rockies at the moment in the right situation, aka Coors Field, um, is probably better. But I, I, the one thing I like about the Cubs is their their leadership and they. At the very least, um, David Ross might not make the right decisions every time, but I do think those guys um, are going to play their asses off for him. I mean, it's it's hard for me to see David Ross being a disciplinarian in that locker room, um, but I do think it's a bit of a self-policing situation for the Cubs, where um, now, you know, Kimbrell has struggled. Believe me, I've seen it firsthand as he's on my fantasy team, and I'm getting ready to drop him, but... Um, it, it's been a struggle there, but you have, have veteran guys like Javi Baez, um, Kyle Schwarber's obviously been there a long time, John Lester, and then Rizzo and Chris Bryant. I think that this a lot, most people believe, and I'm kind of one of them, that this is kind of the last hurrah or the last couple of years that this core group of Cubs can do it. Um, we'll see if it is their best shot at it. I will say that of all the teams, they could possibly benefit the most at the trade deadline. Um, there are plenty of holes for them to fill, like you said. Um, and the- I agree with the fact that this may be one of the last times, like, they're going to have this core group of guys. Like, obviously, Chris Bryant isn't doing well. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Rizzo's, like, almost done with his contract. Baez didn't even play today because he's been in an 0-16 slump. So we'll see what happens when they play next if – David Ross is going to put him back in, but obviously Ross knows like this core group because he won championship with them. So maybe he's a little biased, but I mean, 
there's only a few years left in a lot of these players' contracts, so we don't know if they're going to stay. We don't know if they're going to go. I think that's just something we're going to need to see in the next few years. I agree. I agree. And, you know, to be honest, if you would have told me, what was it, 2016 when they won it, um, that we'd be at 2020 and telling me that they hadn't even been to the ALCS since then, definitely not the World Series. I don't, or I'm sorry, NLCS. NL. Um, I don't think they've been in the NLCS since then. I could be wrong, but obviously not the World Series. I would have been very surprised. I thought this was the makings of a dynasty um, with the, uh, the power, uh, especially financial backing. That's a big thing in this game. Um, but moving on to another thing we saw um, is kind of the other flip side of the Cubs is their rival. St. Louis Cardinals, um, they, after I feel like 20, I think it was 15 to 20 days, um, they get back started on Saturday with a doubleheader and against the White Sox, didn't miss a beat. Um, take both sides of the doubleheader. It's very, very interesting to see a team that I think has been through more than any team right now. Um, I know the Phillies and Marlins had their thing. I, I don't think the Phillies and Marlins were off as long as um, the uh, Cardinals were and had to dive right into a tough team like the White Sox. And interested to see them come out and uh, obviously lost today, but that's kind of uh, to be expected. What are your thoughts on the Cardinals? Can they compete with the Cubs in the Central? I mean, they've got 11, from what I counted, 11 doubleheaders in the next, like, month and a half. So I don't know how I feel about this. Um, Obviously, their series against the Cubs had gotten postponed, so we'll see how those two teams match up when they do play against each other. Um, But obviously, they're kind of doing what the Phillies and the Marlins are doing. They're just trying to get back into step, come back with a vengeance, and – Obviously, we've seen the Marlins win. We saw Philadelphia sweep today, which was surprising for, I think, everybody. So, I mean, I think the Cardinals are going to be able to do the same thing. Just I don't think they're going to be able to really keep up with a lot of teams, especially since they have that many doubleheaders. That's a great point. Yeah. I agree. And it's, it's a situation, too, late in the year. You're going to be playing, you know, with these regionalized games um, in the Midwest. And that's high humidity, um, heat in September, you know, August, September. Most parts of the country, I know here in Southern California, usually the hottest time of the year is uh, September and October. So um, doing that in, in St. Louis, Chicago, doing that two-a-days. I mean, I think I saw they had one week where they might play eight or eight or nine games in seven days. I mean, how is that sustainable? Um, it's a great point in terms of sticking around uh, that. So um, we are moving on to the Boston Red Sox. Speaking of um, a bad, bad situation. I, I'm sorry. I can't understand where the Red Sox thought that the, Pitchers that they had on their roster, and I understand um, uh, Chris Sale gets hurt. That's out of your control. But even beyond that, they had nobody else on this team. Um, Edwin or Rodriguez, Erod, um, he was, I believe, going to be suspended for a heavy majority of the season anyway, so it's not like they could have um, counted on him anyway before he opted out. This pitching staff is as bad as I think I've ever seen and that includes the bad Rockies stats. Um, and obviously, they kind of have a bit of a um, uh, excuse, obviously, built in. The Red Sox, now, Fenway is a hitter-friendly ballpark, but they're getting beat everywhere. Um, obviously, Tampa Bay putting up 17 on them on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. And then the Yankees just having a fun, grand old time this weekend. Um, what are your thoughts on how bad the Red Sox pitching staff has been? Honestly, I don't think there are words for this. <laughs> they're just really, really bad. And they're the worst team in the American League right now. It's 6-15. and 15. Obviously, they're losing 4-1 to one right now to the Yankees. That game's still going. The Yankees most likely will sweep the Red Sox no matter what we thought. Um, it's just bad. Like, and a lot of teams obviously have – on, like their bullpens will have on or off days, but I think in general, the Red Sox just have off days like every single day. And, and just 
from what we've been doing, um, especially with the, when the Yankees have played the Red Sox, is almost blindly take the over because this bullpen and, and just and not only bullpen, like there are teams that okay, you know, if if your starter, you know, you got a couple starters that can really go deep into the games. There is not a single pitcher on this Red Sox team that I think you can rely on to get three outs, period. Um, and we're talking about now moving up with the, the Orioles have to be ecstatic about this because the Orioles are all of a sudden a, a playoff contender for some crazy reason. The Rays' slow start has been somewhat nullified, and the Blue Jays are going to stick around. The Blue Jays have lost some really excruciating games, uh, late heartbreaks. So that AL East behind the Yankees, of course, who of course have their own problem. Uh, three players now with Judge and Stanton, which is death taxes and those two guys being on the IL at some point. Um, but also DJ LeMahieu as well. So there is a bit of trouble in New York. I don't think it's anything enough or anything serious enough to keep them out um, of the top dog in the East. Uh, but moving on to what we've seen off the field and unfortunately uh, COVID is still there. This time it's the Reds. It just um, the, this, the AL or the NL Central is getting hit hard. Um, so the Reds game pretty much this whole weekend, or no, I'm sorry, Saturday and Sunday games were both postponed. As of right now, let me just check out my MLB app and see. Tuesday, they were set to play Kansas City. That game is at the moment scheduled. So we'll see um, how that goes. What I what I believe happened, um, because it was all we heard was one player or a player tested positive, and unless that player gives consent, we're not going to know that player's name, which is fine. It's their right, okay. Um, but if what we saw on Friday night, um, the Reds win the game immediately. It looked like a clubhouse attendant, um, someone in a collared shirt, khaki pants, um, definitely not a ball player, a, a coach or a player comes out, goes straight to, I believe it was Jesse Winkler, and says something to him and kind of escorts him away. The rest of the team obviously senses something is up and is just kind of watching this happen um, instead of going through their normal whatever social distance celebration, whatever it would normally be after a win. Um, you can only assume that would be Jesse Winkler being told that he tested positive. Now, for me, if that is the case, my question then becomes, how are we in a situation where games are being played where that happens, to where a clubhouse attendant has to run onto the field after the game is over and make sure that he doesn't touch it? I mean, he's been in the dugout with these guys. I highly doubt he's been wearing a mask um, the whole time. Actually, I know for a fact he hasn't been wearing a mask the whole time. They just don't do that. And that's kind of the point of daily, or at least they don't do daily. I think it's every other day test, but unless you test positive. So it was very frustrating for me to see Major League Baseball go through all these things with the Marlins, the Cardinals, the Phillies, and almost kind of be like, okay, I think we got through it. And then this happened to where, why are we playing baseball games without us knowing if everyone is negative on the field? I mean, like you said, the NL Central is just getting hit. First you had the Cardinals. Now you've got the Reds. It's just like, what's happening? Why are they not finding out about it before the game starts? Like they had to find out at the end of the game. So was this player even playing during the game? We don't know. Obviously, they're supposed to be doing checks like prior to games. Maybe this one didn't come back fast enough. But... As a result, now the whole weekend got postponed and we don't know what's happening this week. But I did read something where it was um, they are expected to play all week because yesterday there was no positive tests. So, I mean, that's a good sign. But at the same time, MLB, you got to do better. Like, you guys need to figure this out before games, not like at the end or in the middle. Yeah, and hopefully, like I said, hopefully that thing with Jesse Winkler was just a random, I don't know, who knows, maybe something else happened because – um, you brought up a good point. There is no guarantee that that is actually who got it. or um, So I am assuming, and, you know, so I'm not going to fully go there, but if that is the case, like I said, I don't care. Even if it's 
um, Mike Trout, I mean, unfortunately, or Fernando Tatis Jr. in my mind, if for whatever reason a, a result hasn't come back for a player, I think that player has to be pulled out of the game, period. Um, it's the only thing, the only responsible thing to do, as much as I w want to see the best players play baseball, you know what I want more? I want baseball. So I, I would rather go a day or two without Mike Trout or Fernando Tatis Jr. or insert good player here um, rather than lose the entire baseball season because we got, I think we got really close when it was two teams. I think we're okay with one team, but if, if the Cardinals get it again, I mean, then what? Do, do, do they just not play? I mean, I don't even want to go there. It's a, it's a situation that they need to keep very, very tight. Um, but hopefully we're moving towards a um, – hopefully we don't have to talk about it. I think that's my biggest thing. When I do the agenda, hopefully I can just delete that part of it fully. But for now, it remains. But also off the field. Uh, well, it started on the field and then went off the field, and it actually – happened pretty much um, right after or as we were recording last week, and it was Ramon Laureano um, getting hit three times in the series, twice in that same game on back-to-back. -back. That's So the best part about this that I think gets lost in the shuffle, obviously if you haven't seen it, he gets hit, runs down the first base, um, and then there's some chirping from the Astros dugout. And there's a hitting coach, Alex Cintron, who apparently said something about his mother, and that got Roman uh, Laureano to go after him. Um, and then, of course, Alex Cintron did the ultimate tough guy, yell, 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 and then get three young guys to stop this guy from getting after him. So he, he got his 20-game suspension. Laureano gets five games. But I think one of the best things that gets lost in the shuffle is – Ramon Laureano kind of trolling, and I don't know who the pitcher was for the Astros, but if you watch the replay, it was the second time he gets hit. And he's not yelling at the uh, pitcher because he got hit or anything. He's, he's telling him, he's going, hey, you're not rotating on your slider. You're not rotating. <laughs> it's the ultimate, like, F you. The ultimate, hey, man, like, you're supposed to be a major league pitcher and you don't know how to throw a slider. And I think that's what mainly got the Astro, uh, bull, uh, um, excuse me, the Astro dugout fired up. Um, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. And obviously, when it, when anything happens with the Astros, uh, it's going to be magnified. So we saw that suspension come down, and then we also saw Joe Kelly's suspension get reduced to five. But what were your thoughts on the Loriano Centrone uh, fiasco, and then the uh, Joe Kelly? suspension reduction down to is it four or five games uh for kelly five loriano actually got his appeal down to four okay so that's where it was i got those mixed up but perfect thank you um but i'm like you just said that he was probably trying to just tell him he's not rotating on his like slider i'm like wouldn't you want somebody to tell you what you're doing wrong like i think that's the whole point of you trying to get better is for somebody to yeah, tell I don't think um, the guy you just hit and the guy on your uh, division rival, I don't think he's supposed to be your pitching coach. I think it was more of a, a, a very subtle F you, and I think the pitcher knew it too. I love it. But, I mean, any little thing will help if you can get better at it. Amen. I mean, obviously, it, your team is supposed to figure out what's not working, what is. That way you don't throw it again. And I don't know if that was the case with what happened, but it's just like, if he got hit with two straight sliders by the same pitcher, it's just like, dude, you're not rotating. You maybe should not pitch that pitch. Like, I know, I mean, I was a pitcher for a little bit. I was not good. But, I mean, I would want to tell somebody, like, what's not working. Like, as a catcher, whether it's my sister pitching or somebody else, I would just be telling the coach, like, hey, these pitchers are not working. Do not call them again, or I'm going to be changing them myself which happened to be the case, I think, on one or two occasions. But, I mean, any little thing for you to get better is fine, but Cintron should not have said anything about his family. Like, he, Loriano was just calmly walking to first base. There, like, nothing happened until you talked. Like, you opened your mouth. Like, you trying to start something? At this point, I think the Astros are just trying to start something with everybody. Well, I think a lot of what it is, too, is maybe um... – um, I don't know if God complex is the right thing, but almost kind of like, hey, you know, 
where this year, because I really do think Major League Baseball has painted, <coughs> excuse me, painted themselves into a corner with the Astros to almost kind of be um, maybe that teacher's pet in school, um, that big bully who, who, who messes with people and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe someone pops him and he goes and crawls, cries to the teacher and the teacher thinks it's this big deal and doesn't realize that they're actually the bully, but the teacher starts to protect this big bully and it just becomes just so totally unfair. I think that's kind of where we are and in terms of the God complex, think that they can do no wrong or um, my question for Alex Cintron is, why are you talking at that point? Um, maybe if it's the pitching coach, I guess I could understand that. But if you're a hitting coach, maybe you should be talking to Jose Altuve, try to get him to hit over 180. Um, and another thing, Alex Cintron is your hitting coach. If this is the same Alex Cintron I'm thinking of, he was like a career 220 hitter. So why are guys that are career 220 hitters hitting coaches? I don't understand that. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the same Alex Cintron, but with Joe Kelly, we also saw his quote, which um, I'm actually going to pull up right now, which I thought was absolutely amazing. And he is a very, um, I guess, outspoken would be a bit of an understatement, but here it is right here. It says, as for his suspension, Kelly said he thought it was, quote, crazy, unquote, in the face of what happened on the field. Kelly didn't hit anybody. And wasn't ejected or even warned by plate umpire Alfonso Marquez. Here's where the quotes come in. It blows my mind still, end quote, Kelly said. Quote, it's so upsetting, end quote. Complete bull, you know. I socially distanced. I walked away. I didn't get close. I followed all the guidelines of the CDC. And people on the other side, the Astros, did it. They walked out of their dugout, walked toward us. Callers, Carlos Correa bleeping spit at our team. I don't know if it was at me. He spit out of his mouth. The guy walks over to our dugout and then spits while I follow the rules. They have a manager, Dusty Baker, on their side, verbatim yelling at me, get your little skinny ass on the mound. I 100% can see Dusty Baker saying that too, by the way. Um, so my cuss words get eight games and his cuss words get zero. That makes complete sense, right? Welcome to planet Earth, a debacle. Um, I, I, he, I think he pretty much summed up what pretty much all of us are thinking because I think the one to Alex Bregman threw it behind him. Okay, yeah, that was trying to hit him. I, like I said, I still don't think he was trying to hit Carlos Correa. Um, I really think he was reacting to the Astros dugout who was screaming at him. Um, and it's, it's great to see Joe Kelly, and it was kind of like F, FTW, you know, F the world at that point. Like, what are you going to do? you know, suspend me five more games. The poor guy's already on the DL. Um, he's going to end up missing, you know, pretty much half the season um, when it's all said and done. But I mean, the thing with his suspension is it's not even going to start until he comes back. But the thing with Cintron is like, with the Astros, was it really worth your hitting coach getting suspended for 20 games? Was it worth it? Obviously, you guys got away with very little punishment for the cheating scandal. And then obviously for Joe Kelly, no, nothing happened to you guys. But now you guys are actually getting handed down suspensions. Like, are you really going to keep going with this? I have a question for the Astros. Why is this guy still employed? I mean, is this guy that big of a, 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 a need in this organization? I mean, we saw that. If, if a coach in pretty much any other sport does that, I mean, that was 100% instigation from his side. And, and I, I don't always necessarily – listen to oh he said this about my mother or he said this because look no, I don't think anyone's really going to know the truth except for the people who actually heard it but I can tell you one thing Alex and Trump instigated that coaches are supposed to be held or coaches are held to a higher standard I know 20 games okay this guy needs to be really fired I, if I'm the Astros first of all 20 games by the time you come back we're pretty much the season's pretty much over what are you going to do in this time um so very, very interesting. Uh, the Astros um, continue to really uh, get the ire of pretty much every baseball fan out there. But moving on to uh, pretty much the recap of last week, um, there was one series that we actually kind of split on early season at least, or early week at least, and it was the Tigers and the White Sox. Brianna correctly called it. Uh, 
White Sox winning two out of three over the Tigers. Uh, very, very impressive from the White Sox who have um, righted the ship. Um, at least to get it under control, they were getting to a point where, you know, a couple games go this way or that way, and they were going to be in a tailspin. Um, Detroit starting to come back to the pack a little bit, or at least not come back to the pack, but at least come back to where we expected them to be, um, kind of the bottom tier of the league. I mean, and the White Sox only lost that first game, so you could tell they were like, we're not losing to this team again. Like, we're going to win the rest of the series and continue on. Like, they were just out for blood after that five to one loss on what was it Monday mm. Monday, and then they won eight to four and then seven to five so they won by at least like two to four runs after they lost by four so that just shows like how much they wanted it more yeah. after they lost one now Tampa Bay Boston look we both knew Tampa Bay was going to win this series we both um said three out of four for Tampa we underestimated how bad Boston is. Uh, Boston gets swept. Um, so that's an interesting situation. Uh, actually, not interesting situation. Um, interesting that I think we both even maybe toyed with the idea of saying Tampa Bay gets the sweep, but we're both, uh, no, we're not going to go that far. And of course, it ends up going there. And the other series we actually agreed on, um, but just missed it a little bit. Uh, it was the Nationals and the Mets. Uh, we both expected the Mets to win three out of four. Um, they split. I think this was kind of before the wheels have started to kind of, ugh, the wheels have somewhat fallen off for the Mets. Uh, moving on to the weekend series, we all pretty much agreed on both of these. Um, yeah, we had the Mets and the Phillies. And uh, we both thought the, the Mets were going to take two out of three or three out of four. Is, I'm sorry, is that going tomorrow too? I have bad notes. My notes. Um, I don't believe. No, it's over. No, no, I just have bad notes. So um, two. we expected the Mets to take two out of three from the Phillies. Um, and I think this kind of just goes to show, I think last week, we it, the Mets were a different baseball team. And that happens week to week. Um, as believe me, when we do our Southern California baseball podcast, when we talk about the Padres, you want to talk about week to week. Yeah, a big change, folks. Anyways, two out of three from the Mets. That's what we thought. Uh, the Phillies ended up going out and getting a sweep. That's um, very, very impressive from the Phillies. They need to do that. I think the second, the second place in the East is wide open with the Mets now falling apart. The Nationals struggling to stay healthy and um, manufacture runs. So I think the Phillies are, are getting things rolling. Um, look, Boston... New York Yankees, we both expected the Yankees to take three out of four. I think we now both expect – this won't be settled till Monday, uh, tomorrow. I think we now both expect um, the Yankees to sweep. Um, is it still – um, It is currently four to one in the middle of the fifth inning. Gotcha. So, oh, it, looks like New York. Even so if, it looks like the Yankees will win. Yeah. I mean, even if the Red Sox do score a couple runs to tie this game, I mean, if we go into extra innings – Gonna put some, yeah. gonna really expect that bo uh, Boston bullpen to keep it together. No chance. So, and uh, um, going off of the Yankees, though, they've won two without Judge and without Stanton, and they lost LeMahieu, I think, yesterday. So, obviously, like, they're fine. Like, without like their three major like hitters, they're, I, they're doing fine. Like, oh, yeah. that just shows like if any of these guys go down again, they're not gonna have an issue. And, and, a, and a big part of it, too, is their ability to, you know, Clint Frazier. And I remember a year or two ago, hitting the minors and as like a 320 hitter. And I remember them point blank asking him, you know, what's going on? He goes, I don't know. This is, I don't like this. And I really thought, okay, that was the end of Clint Frazier in with the Yankees. Um, whether they traded him or he just stopped or, or gave, or, you know, just gets upset um, as he has every right to instead got his head down, um, and is now reaping the benefits. Uh, it's a small sample size, but he's he's kind of uh, turned into a cult hero this past weekend. Anytime you can come in and um, show up and beat the Red Sox, you're going to be loved in the Yan uh, with the Yankees. Um, and the last series we talked about was the only series um, that I got correct, uh, correct, so we both got... I had some hope, at least. Sorry? I had some, I had some hope. Oh, yeah, some hope. Series, um, I had some but, you know, uh, it was the Dodgers and the Angels. I had the Dodgers getting the sweep. Bri uh, Brianna did 
say um, the Dodgers were going to win the series, take two out of three. Unfortunately, honestly, I think last night probably could have gone step, uh, a separate way. Um, Friday night, I'm sorry, what was Friday night's score? Um, I will look, but obviously today's was eight. Today. Yeah, it was eight. I don't think it was. Today's was bad. Today, but I know Saturday was definitely a game that we could have easily, or they could have easily won. Um, but the Dodgers are, are the only team currently in baseball to have won every series they've been in and um, are, are kind of trending towards where we expected them to be, which is pretty much at the top of the division. So Friday's score was seven to four. Okay. So, I mean, you're within shouting distance, not a, not a blowout. Maybe today, you know, I, I, I always go with kind of grand slam range or bloop and a blast range, but seven, four, I think the angels made a good um, showing of themselves even though they did get swept. That's and if you want to hear what I have to say about this Dodger games, to, Dodger game today, go to the next podcast. Oh yeah, she's she's got fire. Got a lot yeah, to say about that. today's game. <laughs> she, she's the Dodgers. Uh, moving on to early series to watch this week coming up. Um, one that I'm really actually looking forward to is the Cardinals and the Cubs. Obviously, a big big rivalry in the Midwest. Um, and I think these are probably the two best teams in the Central. I know the Brewers would like to say something about that. Um, but in this um, series, it's very difficult. Look, the Cubs, up until about 48 hours ago, a lot, a lot of people thought, hey, maybe they're a top two team in the National League. Now they're asking questions. And, and 48 hours ago, the Cardinals had five games played. So – there's a lot of questions to um, in this series. It's going to be a lot of answers, obviously. For the Cardinals, I think they every game that isn't a doubleheader is a must-win at this point because, like Brianna brought up earlier, they're going to have to play so many doubleheaders. You can't get into a situation late where you're kind of relying on winning back-to-back doubleheader or uh, uh, both games of a doubleheader or winning, uh, getting a, a sweep in a kind of weird five-game series in three days. Because I believe that happens this week um, for somebody, or next week I was looking through it. Anyways, so what happens with the Cardinals? I think every time the Cardinals play one game a day and it's not a doubleheader, they are going to go very hard and try everything in their power to get it done. I like the Cardinals here to take two out of three, go into Wrigley, um, and, and win the series. What about you, Brianna? I mean, obviously I'm biased. I've got – 2016 like win like right here but I think the Cubs will take two out of three obviously the Cardinals are going to be tired like with the amount of games that they're going to have to play this next month and a half their bullpen is going to be tired their players are going to be tired if the Cubs can just keep Chris Bryant out of that lineup they should be fine obviously Javi Baez is having some issues too with his slump but after today's day off maybe he'll be fine but I think it's really going to depend on who's pitching and who's in the lineup. Obviously, if you Darvish is pitching, go with the Cubs. Unbelievable. He's been so good this year. It's uh, not too many pitchers get better in their 30s, but that's what you is you Darvish is doing, or at least their late 30s. I think he's about 35. He was he was good with the his, Rangers. Is he today was his birthday actually? Okay. Um, I don't remember how old they said he was. Yeah. I know he's in his 30s, um, but. For a guy who came with a lot of promise, I know he had a really good year. Um, I know the year, I think, maybe the second time the Rangers went to the World Series and then kind of tapered off after um, signing a big deal but has gotten back into it. Um, I remember I mean, Padres teeing off against him when he was pitching for the Dodgers. That was always a lot of fun. Yeah, and I mean, if your best year is coming when you're 30, like you turn 34, like you're good. Yeah. and you're good. and. He's got really good movement. He has a good lineup behind him uh, or good lineup in front of him to kind of protect him too. Uh, I think the Cubs are in good shape. Uh, I like that you Darvish pick though. That's a, that's a nice call out right there. The next uh, series to check out is Colorado Rockies head to Houston four game series Monday through Thursday. This is really an interesting one. Obviously Houston, these are surprises. Um, for most people, I expected the Rockies to do better or to do um, better than they were last year. If you listen to my podcast uh, in the offseason, previewing the Rockies, I thought this was a plexiglass 
plexiglass principle team uh, in terms of a down year last year. They're going to have an up year this year, um, especially with Charlie Blackman. Pitching staff is the biggest part of Colorado for me and will always be one of the biggest parts for me for Colorado is how the pitching staff will deal. Obviously, um, Coors Field is a huge part of how they deal with things. Then you look at the uh, the Astros. They are middling. They had a nice little series, I think, got the job done today. Um, to, let me just pull up, see what their record is. Uh, okay, yeah, got the, okay, over the Mariners. So they're 11 and 10, dropped the Mariners to 7 and 16. So this is a really kind of show me series, I would say, for both of these teams. Obviously, we expect the Rockies to put a good uh, showing out there. I actually am going to go with the Astros. I think the Astros, as much as I hate them and as much as I cheer against them and as much as, as, as bad as of cheaters they are, um, they're not an 11 and 10 team. They're better than what their record has shown. And I think this is the series they start to uh, maybe turn the tide a little bit. I think the Astros take three out of four over Colorado. What about you, Brianna? Um, I think with Houston, it's going to depend on how their batters are doing. Obviously, Altuve is not doing well. Springer is doing okay. And for Colorado, if they were at Coors Field, I would say Rockies all the way because that elevation is no joke. And I believe you saw it when they played the Padres at Coors Field. Um, but oh. I think that this series is going to split. Oh, so okay. I, I like that. It's a great call. Um, obviously, like Houston's having issues. Colorado, I think, is now like, what, third in the NL West? Like, they've dropped down since the Dodgers have started picking up. Um, oh. But obviously, I think they're going to split – I think it's just going to depend on their bullpens and their batting orders. I think Altuve needs a day off. <laughs> well, his bat's been getting plenty of days off, if you know what I mean. Uh, the, Astra, the last series to talk about in the early part of the week, this will be Monday through Wednesday, is in the NL East. The Washington Nationals and the Atlanta Braves. Um, the Atlanta Braves, only 12-10. and 10. Uh, I expected them not only to be better, but also – just looking at it overall, I ex oh, I'm sorry, 13 and 10 after today's win. You look at the NL East, and the first thing that jumps out at you, that first place team, the Miami Marlins. They're nine and six, uh, keeping things rolling. Obviously, the Braves, though, 13 and 10. They're the best team in this division. I don't think there's really any doubt about that, no matter what the standings say. Now for the Nationals, at eight and 11, um, already three games out in this division. This right now is the kind of um, the, the Leonidas, the 300 last stand. This is it. This is They have to hold this line. They have to take two out of three against the Braves um, or their season will be done. This isn't last year where you can be 19 and 31 or whatever it was um, at 50 game mark and then go on to win the World Series. That's not going to happen this year. So this is the moment that the Nationals have to make their stand. With that being said, I like the Atlanta Braves to win two out of three. I just think the Braves are a better team uh, the Nationals, you can have all the want and desire in the world, um, but talent is also worth something. And I think the Braves also are in a bit of a tougher fight. If you would have told the Braves, everybody in the division, or I'm sorry, the, the Mets, the Nationals, and the Phillies would all be under 500 at this point, they would have taken it in a heartbeat. Now, they wouldn't have expected the Marlins to be where they are, but they're still okay where they are, uh, still happy where they are. I like the Braves to take two out of three and start to kind of pull away from the pack uh, in this series. What about you, Brianna? I think they're going to take two out of three also. Obviously, Washington has got the fourth worst record in the National League right now. And obviously, there's no all-star break. Like, they don't have the opportunity they did last season. Like, they, they stunk before the all-star break, and then they finally picked it up and then won the World Series. That There's no way that's happening this year. All-star break would have happened, like, a few weeks ago if it was. So there's no way for them to get better, especially when there's very few days off already for everybody to, like, recharge. So, honestly, I think Atlanta's going to take two of three. Yeah. I think Washington's going to get one, considering what happened with the Mets series last week, um, where they split. I think they're only going to get one. I like it. And, you know, you brought up a good point, too, with the Braves. Now, look, just because the Braves haven't been hit by Corona – 
they're in two division or they're in a division with two teams that have so they're going to have to have some um, double headers I believe coming up um, now obviously not in the same extent as the others um, here but something to think about and we move to the weekend series that we're going to talk about um, first one is the subway series the Yankees and the Mets. Um, obviously, the Mets, Marcus Stroman, um, earlier in this week, either Tuesday or Wednesday, opted out due to um, coronavirus concerns. I'll be honest, I'm not putting words into Marcus, Str Marcus Stroman's mouth. And we'll never know the truth. Who knows? I could be off base here. But I think he just didn't he, – he's going into free agency. I believe he's just he, – he wants to start fresh. Nobody wants to really be on that team um, for the Mets, unless you're Jacob DeGrom getting paid a lot of, getting paid a lot of money or a guy who has to fight for a contract, like a lot of those guys, the Mets, um, are in a tailspin, obviously just getting swept from the Phillies or by the Phillies this week. And, um, waiting on the horizon next weekend is the, their big brother, pretty much the New York Yankees, obviously the Yankees, um, still dealing with injuries but it really hasn't slowed this team down. And I think a 80 or 50, 60, 70% Yankees team is still better than the Mets two out of three times. I'm not going to go full sweep. I do think the Mets, you know, if DeGrom and I'm not, they, they don't have the pitching staffs out yet, but there, there's enough pitching talent for the Mets to get one. Um, now, would I be surprised if the Yankees sweep? Not at all, but to me here in this little situation, I'm going to go uh, Yankees take two out of three. Brianna, what are your thoughts? Now, see, I'm going to go for the sweep. I know I tried to go for it two weeks ago and failed miserably, and I should have gone with Tampa Bay sweep, which I thought about, but I was afraid to do it. Um, but obviously, Aaron Judge is coming back Friday for the start of this series. And then you've got Stanton and LeMay who are supposedly coming back next week. So they're still going to get one of their big hitters, like one of their big bats back. So, and then the way they're going right now, they're like the most dominant team in the American League. Sorry, A's, but it's the Yankees. Um, and I mean, I think even with DeGrom, it's not going to be enough. Definitely. Um, and because, you know, even with DeGrom, you have to – I think in those situations, DeGrom might be better suited, and they, they, it's hard to kind of control stuff like this, but those doubleheader games, just throw DeGrom out there, and he's going to give you seven. You know, he might give up three. You know, who knows? Probably won't, but he won't give up more than three. Um, but just to kind of keep that bullpen under wraps. Um, but, yeah, I like that Yankees sweep. Like I said, I just – I wouldn't be surprised if somehow some way the Mets can pull one out. Uh, the second series to watch – um, look, we'll be honest, we're not 100% sure this is going to go off. Um, it is the Reds and the Cardinals. But like I said, as of right now, it does seem like the Reds are slated to play this week. I'll tell you what, if, if this series gets canceled or postponed, the Cardinals have to just, just shrug and go, how the heck are we going to get through this season? Um, as they'll have to add three more games into their makeup. Um, but we'll go on and uh, assume that this does go off without a hitch. Now, similarly to where I talked about with the Nationals as kind of a, a Leonidas, a, a 300 kind of make your stand right here in this series. I think that that's the case for this team. I'm actually going to go the other way. I know the other one actually took Atlanta, take two out of three. I'd like Cincinnati in this series to take two out of three against the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are still trying to figure out by this time, if, like I said, if we play this game, they'll be trying to figure out how good of a team they really are. Um, I think they're a good team, but at the same time, we saw glimpses of them last year where they were world beaters, and then we saw them in the NLCS where they didn't hold a lead. So this is a very up-and-down team. I think the Reds are going to have more to play for at the time of this series. Fingers crossed we actually get this series. Um, now – Wild card to think about is if for whatever reason, who knows, maybe Major League Baseball gives Cincinnati a whole week to sit down and they just have the Reds and uh, Cardinals resume on Saturday and then maybe the Royals and Reds um, early series gets pushed back to a later date. They could put, maybe have the Cardinals and Reds play a doubleheader on Saturday. Keep an eye on that. If that happens, 
uh, go really hard with Cincinnati because they've already shown that they can use that pitching staff like Trevor Bauer, like Sonny Gray, to just pretty much save the entire bullpen. Have your ace go out there full board, give you seven really strong innings, and you'll probably get the win. Uh, we could possibly see that happen if, you know, kind of the unthinkable happens. Hopefully it won't. Hopefully all three of these games will be played on three separate days. I know the Cardinals absolutely cannot afford any more doubleheaders. But long story short, we're going – I'm going Cincinnati two out of three. Brianna, what about you? I'm going Cardinals two out of three. Obviously, prior to this podcast, I was debating on who I thought was going to take because I'm still not even sure if it's even going to be played. But like I said earlier, I saw something that said that the Reds would be ready because they had no positive test yesterday. But, I mean, obviously St. Louis is going to have been playing already, so they're going to get more into, like, momentum and motion. Obviously, if they're losing, then it's going to be a bad momentum, and then I'm screwed. But, obviously, Cincinnati, if they're going to be sitting, like, a whole week, they're not going to be able to practice. They're not going to be able to play. They're not going to be able to do anything. So, like, if that's the case, and it is a doubleheader on Saturday, I still would think St. Louis would take it. But it's just going to depend on what happens. Definitely. I like it. A little dissension. We'll see. There's, a, there's definitely a couple in here that we'll, uh, we'll see. There's nothing like a little uh, um, friendly competition. And the last series to talk about um, that will be going off next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is a huge showdown in the National League West. It is the Colorado Rockies and the LA Dodgers. Obviously, this these are the top two teams in the division at the moment, um, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there's no way Arizona moved that much. Yeah. So uh, the Dodgers 16 and 7, Rockies 13 and 8. Dodgers are, have a two game lead. Currently, the Dodgers, as I said, the only team not to lose a, uh, yet to lose a series this year. This will be the first meeting between these teams, I believe. For me, it's a huge measuring stick game for the Rockies. Does the game mean as much to the Dodgers as, as they do to the Rockies? I think it does. Only because of how, how quickly the Rockies got off uh, to a start. Now, if the Rockies were maybe like 10 and 12 or 11 and 11 and were somewhat breathing down the Dodgers' neck, I don't think the Dodgers would take it as serious. But right now, knowing, hey, we're 16 and 7, but we're only two games up, Dodgers got to be a little concerned about that. Um, this is a team, a Dodger team and a Rockies team that obviously have really, really heavy hitting lineups. I'm getting really excited to see this. I'm kind of bummed. We will see them play at Coors, um, but this game will be at Dodger Stadium, kind of almost the exact opposite, more pitcher-friendly ballpark. Um, I, Until I see different, I cannot go against the Los Angeles Dodgers. I do expect the Rockies to get one. Um, wouldn't be terribly surprised if the Rockies win the series, but, you know, in this situation, for where I'm at right now, I'm taking the Dodgers to take two out of three from the Rockies at home. Like I said with the Houston series, if it was going to be at Coors Field, I would go with the Rockies. Like, I have been at that field. I went to school in Colorado coming from Los Angeles. I have felt that elevation before, and it's not fun. So, obviously – if a team is like going straight there after being at sea level, I'm sorry, there's no way. But since it's at Dodger Stadium, I do think that they're gonna go that they're gonna win two of three. Obviously, I think the Rockies will win one. And based on what I saw against my own Angels today, um, I do think the Dodgers are gonna take the series. Yeah. No matter how much it hurts me to say it. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you you can you can hate and all that stuff, but at at the end of the day, you watch the Dodgers. And you're lying to yourself if you don't say they're, you know, one of the best teams. They're, maybe the Braves, you can make an, a case that the Braves are better. Uh, if Cubs fans really want to come at us with that, okay. Um, but for the most part, I think most people would agree the Dodgers are the best team in the National League and with one of the top two teams in the Major League right there with the Yankees. Um, so perfect. We have it all set up for a real fun week ahead. Hopefully, like we said, all these series actually go off. No more cancellations, no more um, postponements. And uh, everybody, uh, everybody has fun, and uh, I'm right, and I'm, I'm great. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, Brianna, any final words here for our Major League Baseball podcast before we wrap it up? Yeah, just look at those double headers. 
and then also look for that Cincinnati series because maybe in the next few days they'll say something if obviously if Cincinnati does not play early in the week. Like right now we don't know, but we'll find out in a few days. So just be on the lookout for that. Exactly. It's a very, this is a very 2020 situation we have going on in terms of, oh yeah, play it by every day, you know, like just check back in six hours. Okay. Sounds about I mean, right. But. I mean, it's the same as last week where we were having like the Pittsburgh series and then obviously that got canceled. And we had to think of a new series within like minutes before the podcast. So, I mean, it's going to be one of those situations where you don't know until literally hours before. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for listening to the ESBC podcast network here on Sunday, where we dive into the Major League Baseball landscape for Brianna Winter. My name is Brandon First, aka First Report, representing the ESBC podcast network. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a great day. Go wash your hands. Don't hate. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use. And they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN betting and team report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers.